you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where we talk all about ways you can stop drifting and take control of your future by owning your career and owning your life. And of course, you know I am all about that. I'm the author of the book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, which is available now on Amazon and many other places. And I'm on a mission to help and inspire thousands of people across and around the world to live life intentionally, own your career, and really take control of your future. Um, I do that with this podcast, with my book, speaking in companies in all kinds of different ways. And so you're in the right place if you are looking to do that. And, you know, I share some of my own lessons along the way on this podcast. I also like to share interviews with different people, uh, whether they be other authors or thought leaders or people who are just on the journey like many of us. And I have one of those people today, Brad Stewart has a career story that is so unique and unlike any other that I've really heard. Brad left school in Australia and went into the tattoo industry when he was 16, uh, where he spent roughly 10 years living and breathing the tattoo lifestyle, including gangsters, parties, drugs, you name it. His life was wild. Uh, Then he decided he needed to make a change. Uh, He completed a complete 180 And he started to have his tattoos removed. He got into real estate and eventually into the corporate finance world. Uh, And that's where he works today. He's completely changed his career, completely changed his life to be in line with the vision of where he wants to be in his career and where he's going with his life. And that relates to what he's seen happen with his family and, of course, the people around him in the tattoo industry. A lot of great stories and reflections and ideas that you'll get from listening to this interview with Brad. So I hope you check this out. Listen in all the way to the end because we've got some great uh, inspiration on how to overcome fear to go out and achieve your career goals. And speaking of achieving your career goals, I just thought I'd mention this podcast is sponsored by my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It's available now on Amazon. We also have tons of free resources available for you. If you go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus, you can grab those resources for free. And again, the book is available on Amazon and it's now available on Audible as well. The audiobook is available on Audible, Audible iTunes, wherever you listen to audiobooks. If you're an audio person, like Brad told me he is, uh, then you can go grab the audiobook there. And speaking of Brad, without further ado, here is my interview with Brad Stewart, all about going from the tattoo industry to corporate. Enjoy. All right. Joined now by Brad Stewart, uh, who has a very interesting background and story to share in uh, the career world. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Excited to excited to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited to dig into your story and hear how you have shifted and and really decided to own your career. One of my favorite topics um, because you you know as I sit here looking at you on video, you got the collared shirt on and the glasses and the hair slicked back. I mean, you look very corporate. Now these days, right? Corporate is people are allowed to be you know encouraged to be themselves, but compared to where you came from, you, you've made a lot of changes. I wonder if you could uh, start by sharing your, your story, your background. 
Yeah, absolutely, Andy. So as you as you say at the at the moment, very sort of neat and 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 clean cut, respectable looking. But you know, it, it wasn't always that. It wasn't always that way. It's taken quite a uh, quite an effort to to get here. Um, so I guess in a, in a in a in a summary, my my background. I left school at the end of year ten over here. So that's about 16 years old um, and I ended up falling into the world of tattooing. I was a, you know, obviously a, a tattoo um, apprentice and then moved into being a full-time tattoo artist for roughly 10 years, um, working all around Sydney. Um, I was managing shops. I was, you know, uh, tattooing people every day and, and, and things of that nature. Um with that came obviously the look. So as yeah. you mentioned, I'm clean cut. I was tattooed, you know, hands, neck, throat, the the whole box and dice. Yeah, um, whole body I ended up, yeah, the whole lot. Um, and I ended up getting all those lasered off when I decided to to move into the corporate world. But I, it. it it was a very difficult transition to get to to where I am now. So. Moving out of school straight into the tattoo world, I didn't have any formal qualifications. I didn't go to university. I didn't go to any kind of um, educational institution after school. I literally went straight into the tattoo world. And then it got to a point where I realised that it wasn't for me anymore. Being in that industry is quite taxing. It's not the best industry over here in Australia to be in. It's run by... Um, bike clubs and gangs and, mm. and and you know things like that over over here. It's something that's quite unique to to Sydney. So um, if you're not in a motorcycle club, you essentially can't open your own business over here. And if wow. you do, you have to pay um, extortion money to these people. It's like a mafia kind of kind of situation. absolutely, absolutely. And and if you open a shop and you're not involved with these people or you're not partnered with these people you'll essentially get your shop firebombed until you decide wow. that you want to pay them or you decide that you want to close down. So were you were you involved? Were you pay, essentially paying them off to be? No, I, I never owned it. There was a couple of times there where I wanted to own my own business and I had a couple of partners lined up to do that with me, but I just kind of decided that it wasn't something that I wanted to go through the headache of having to do. I was happy to just let someone else deal with those problems. Yeah. I'll sit here and do my tattoos and then I, I can sleep at night knowing that no one's going, I'm not going to get a call from the fire right. department at four in the morning saying, you know, your yeah. shop's on fire. So yeah. I never actually own my own business, but being around those kinds of people that you're working with, obviously the people you hang around become your circle of friends. Yeah. So there was a time there where I was involved in that life um, to an extent and as you sort of grow and as you mature, and not everyone does this, but you kind of see what's happening around you. You see how the people that you're working with who are a little bit older have turned out mm. and you kind of think, well, I kind of thought anyway, this isn't the life I want for myself long term. Um, so some changes had to be made. There was no real catalyst. It was just a matter of here's, you know, what's happening. Mm -hmm. This is the direction I'm going. I don't like it. What are my options? Um, was, having there, known... sorry, was there was there like a? I know you said you like you started looking at the let's say the more senior people in the community mm -hmm. and what they looked like and and what their life was like and it's not something you definitely uh, you know 
were aspiring to long-term, mm-hmm. but was there like a moment or something that happened where you're like, oh crap, I've been here for 10 years. Do I, do I really want to stay in this or do I want to make a change? It was, it, there wasn't, I wouldn't say there was a moment, Andy, that sort of made me go, I, I don't want to be like this. I think there was a couple of people I was hanging around that were, how do I say it? They were kind of, they were not in a really good place. They'd been in the industry for 20 years. They were fighting all kinds of demons. They were, you know, had had drug problems and they had money problems and they didn't own their homes. They didn't have families. They were, they were sort of a mess, if I could say that. Mm. Um, so looking at those people, I kind of thought, well, there's not many older people in this industry that aren't like that. It's kind of like you do your apprenticeship as a normal tattooist and then you kind of fall off the bandwagon when you hit 40 and then it's all downhill from there. But the other part of it was just a culmination of, you know, the previous 10 years of mm. seeing things happen, being involved with things happening, knowing the industry. It just, it just taxed me a little yeah. bit. Um, and it was time to, it was time to move on from there. So now how do you uh, make that decision to move on and decide what to do? And when I asked that question, you know, it's not just about like the tattoo industry, which I'm sure has a very strong culture. Mm. That's probably hard to, to get out of, but mm. you know, for anybody who works in a, an industry or profession for 10 plus years, you know, even when people dream of doing something else, they often think, well, all my experience is here. So I should probably mm. stay where I am. It would be so hard to start over. How did, how did you think about that process? That was the single hardest thing, Andy, that I've had faced throughout this whole, this whole journey that I've been on. Uh, I sat one day in my bed in the morning and I thought, what am I going to do? Mm. I look the way I look. Um, I've got no experience, no qualifications. And I, and I actually felt quite trapped at the time. I sort of thought to myself, well, there's nothing that you can do. You need to just go back in the shop and that's your life and that's the path that you've chosen, so you need to deal with it. But then I sort of thought, no, you've got people that come out of jail and get jobs. You've got people mm-hmm. that, um, you know, leave gangs and get jobs. You get people that have, have, have had these major life events and they can seem to get it together so me I've got a brain I've got I'm healthy I've got no I'm young still I was 27 at the time I have no excuse not to turn it around um, I moved into the real estate industry so selling property um, and how I got there interesting story was I just googled what jobs can you do where you can earn a good income and you don't have any qualifications mm. um, I had no idea what I wanted to do yeah. And in those Google searches, what come up was real estate, you know, no qualification needed. It was a very low barrier to entry. It was a, you know, a one day course to, yeah. to get your certificate. So I did that. Um, and then the next challenge was finding a real estate agency who would give me a job looking the way that I looked and being mindful at that stage. I hadn't really started my laser removal at that stage. So I had, quite tattoos all up your neck and tattoos all over my neck all over my hands and so on so that was the uh that was the next biggest issue that i uh that i had there's got to be a niche there though right that that uh for real estate customers that also have tattoos they're like into that culture it's 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 funny that you say that because um 
as I got further along, I had so many people say it's so refreshing to see a real estate agent that looks different. Mm. In Sydney, all the real estate agents, they all have the same cheap suits. They all wear the same ties. They all have the same yeah. haircuts. They all drive the same cars. And then here's yeah. me, right. um, you know, looking quite different. So it was, it was quite memorable and, and, and worked quite well. Um, it worked quite well for me at the time, definitely. Hmm. But then you you decided to still start getting those tattoos removed, right? And, and making your way hmm. into the corporate space. Yeah, I did. I Removing the tattoos was something that I felt like I had to do to get to where I wanted to be. So the, the, the biggest struggle that I had in getting a job was the tattoos. So I... I basically got every real estate agent in Sydney when I when I was looking for a job and I emailed every single one of them and I said, this is the way I look, here's my history, here's what I want to do, you know, can I can I talk to you, can will you talk to me? And I'm talking every real estate agent in Sydney, there was hundreds that I contacted. I got interviewed by a moderate handful, mm-hmm. I'll say of them, um, and all except one said to me, Brad, you speak really well. You seem like a really friendly kind of guy. We would give you a job today, but we won't give you a job looking like that. Mm. Um, none of our clients are going to want to talk to you. Nobody's going to want to deal with you. Nobody's going to want to let you inside their house looking like that. They'll probably think that you're going to rob them or something, you know, of, of that nature. Right. Um, so, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Um the one agency that gave me a job on my first day, I walked in, I said, you know, good morning to the boss, I'm here. He said to me, you know, welcome. From now on, I want you to enter and leave through the back door because mm-hmm. I don't want my clients seeing you at the front of the office. My desk was right at the back behind the petition where I couldn't see anyone else in the office. No mm-hmm. one that worked there could even look at me. Um, yeah, and I was told to leave via the, the back door only. Um, I was told to, you know, not go out. You can't speak to clients. You can't do anything like that. So that was another big moment for me where I thought, well, like you said before, how am I going to make this change? What opportunity have I got? Sort of have I made the wrong decision? Was it easier to just stay where I was? Um, but I persevered and pushed through that. Ended up going a little bit rogue and knocking on a couple of doors um, of people in the local area without telling my boss and came back one day with a with a signed agreement for a house to sell. And from there, it was all history. Mm. Um, you know, I was out in front and, and, and I was sort of, I, I proved my point of what I could do and the tattoos were a, a mental blocker for, for this particular person, but not for anyone else. And, um, you know, I was on my way from there. That's amazing. So really like, you took the initiative and went out there and said, well, I'm going to try this because I mean, yeah. it's nice that they gave you a chance, but they're still essentially yeah. saying, well, nobody else is going to want to do business making an assumption, right? Not even giving you that shot. Uh, so you went on, created your own opportunity, created your own shot. Um, but Absolutely. You, you, you still got the tattoos removed. So I, I, I'm assuming you still felt like, Hey, you're going to have more opportunities. If yeah. You- well, it's, it, it, it wasn't so much Andy about, more more opportunity as more as I wanted my underwear to match my socks so to speak Mm. so 
not only did I change my job, but I changed my whole life. I changed my entire circle of friends. I changed the way I spoke. I changed the way I've treated people. I've changed the way I live my life in, in general. So what I wanted to do and what I still want to do is I want to make sure I match. So I look the way that I am. I want to be the one authentic person. And I often think that, hell, it would be really, really cool to go back and have some really cool tattoos and look a little bit funky. But the way that I am now and the stage of my life that I'm at, that's something that I've left behind. And I really want to, you know, I, I unfortunately regret a lot of, of the stuff that I've put on my body because that's not who I am now. Mm. It's who I was back then. And sure, it's a great story, but it's not who I am now. Um, but it's one of those things that I need to, to own. It's a decision I made and, and I can't let it sort of, you know, hold me back right. from doing anything. Yeah, you can't change the yeah. past, right? All you can can't do is, the past. Exactly. is own it and, and change the future. Right. Right? When I talk to people about, you know, drifting and, and taking control of your, of your career, like it's not about feeling guilty mm-hmm. for the past, it's just about doing what no. you can do today. Well, everything in your past is, is... I mean, it's just how you view the past, in my opinion. Like right. a lot of the things I did when I was tattooing have taught me great lessons that didn't seem apparent at the time, but now they now they do. You know, how to deal with people and, you know, how to, to, to prospect for business and how to keep customers happy and how to retain new customers and what that means for them. And, and it doesn't seem apparent, but it's almost all skills in all industries and it doesn't matter what you do are transferable in some way to something else that you're going to be doing further down the track whether you're a plumber or a or a you know a metal worker if you go into the corporate world for example there are going to be skills that you that you that you had in your past role that are relevant to this role and and that diversion is you just becoming a sum of everything that you've learned in the past yeah Absolutely. So, uh, where did you go from there? Like, where what are you doing today? Because you're not working in real estate anymore, right? You've moved. No, into- no I'm not working in real estate anymore. At the moment, I um, I've moved into the financial services industry in here in Australia. I'm working in our superannuation industry over here, and superannuation for us is equivalent to the 401k that you guys have okay. over there in in America. So it's compulsory that all working Australians have. A percentage of their wage put into their superannuation fund, which we manage that money for these members. And at retirement age, we can offer that to them as a pension or, or yeah. you know, so what to, to, to sort of support their retirement. Um, I Working in real estate is a very tough industry, especially when you're working for commission only. You're not paid a salary or you're on your own. Um, while it was good for me and my circumstances at the time, it wasn't something that was sustainable. Um, I needed somewhat of a level of security. Yeah. Over here, the property market is very much up and down. It's inconsistent. Mm. Um, you know, I was you know looking at buying a house for myself and 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 all these other all these other things I was looking at doing in my life, and I just needed some consistency, as well as. As I went, so I I went into real estate because I didn't know what to do and I had nothing else that I could do, I had no purpose to be there. So the more that I worked and the more that I could 
see people buying homes, understanding the struggles that they had, financial services and financial security became something that actually um, meant something to me, being able to help these people buy homes, seeing the joy that they would experience when they got their keys and knowing the struggles that they went through was mm. really became quite important. Um, as my sales career developed, my marketing skills and, and, and knowledge developed as well. And I started to really become more interested in that marketing side of the selling process than the sales side of the selling process. So what can we do to get to influence people to get them to take the action that we want them to take, be that choose me to sell their home, be it to get this person to buy that home instead of that home. How does that whole strategic um, play work and fit in with with what we're doing. Um, so from there, it was basically understand what's my purpose, what do I want to do. Yeah. Um, real estate has been great to help me kickstart my career in this sales yeah, and marketing. It was a good enabler field. to get you where you're going, it's but you've got to really you've put the time in to think about your purpose and your vision and where you want to go and be in your career. Exactly. And this is where, where it exactly, took exactly. And so for me personally, there was a couple of things that I needed. I needed development. I needed, you know, um, you know, financial security. I needed to above all have a job where I felt that I was able to make an impact and I was able to better people's lives. And my, my family are a self-employed family. So my father's been self-employed his entire life. Unfortunately for them, their retirement outcome might not be as good as someone who worked their whole life and had superannuation paid and, and so on. And being having seen growing up them working, going, you know, leaving for work in dark in the morning and, and coming home and at in the in the you know in the in the night after working a full day and then to know that they might not be able to retire comfortably when they mm. hit that age kind of got me thinking you know everyone deserves to have a great retirement so finding yeah. that purpose is something that really sort of made me want to get into that particular industry mm. um and and the rest as i say is history yeah here we are this Here we are. Exactly. Doing. Right. You made the move. Um, the, the last thing I want to ask you about, Brad, is um, fear. I think when we make big changes, there's usually a level of fear involved. And I think mm. uh, in my estimation, most people who have not made the changes they want to make or pursued the goals or dreams they want to pursue, uh, it's usually fear that's held them back, right? Like I'm mm. afraid to make this change because uh, you know, for you, many opportunities for that, right? Like no one's going to like the way I look or I don't have the experience or like mm. I might fail or whatever. How did you, how did you look at and deal with that? The fear that you had, you know, how did you overcome that to, to make these changes and, and do what you did to, you know, get the tattoos removed, go into the market, real mm. estate and then the corporate space, all the, all the stuff you did. Yeah, I still feel that on a day-to-day -day sort of basis. I mean, I get massive amounts of imposter syndrome now thinking, you know, I know I belong here because I know my capability, but I don't belong here. Right. Um, you know, I'm not good enough to do this, even though I am. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something that from the minute I decided to leave the tattoo industry to today still has, has stayed with me. I haven't been able to ditch that fear at all, and it's something that, 
Um, <clears throat> I think in some instances you can use that to your advantage. Uh, if you've got just enough fear that you think you're going to do, you know, you, you think you're not going to succeed, sometimes that can be enough to just push you to work that little bit harder mm-hmm. to kind of overcompensate for that insecurity that you've got and you end up achieving great things but how I sort of overcame that fear was I just did it Mm. Uh, I just I just did it I there there was a time there where I was transitioning into real estate a couple of days before I almost called the you know the agency to say look I can't do this. This is not something that I'm, you know, I'm capable of doing. And I was petrified, but Mm. I thought about it rationally. I thought about the end goal. I thought about what's the worst thing that can actually happen. The worst thing is, is this real estate career doesn't work out for me in three months time. And I go back to the tattoo shop. It's not like I'm leaving my, my life behind and I'm going to lose everything. Um, I also, um, you know, I had, you know, some friends and family who and, and colleagues who were a great support network at the time as well. And transitioning now from real estate into the corporate world, having the support of my wife to make that transition has been, you know, fantastic as well. So she's in a corporate role too in the, in a, in the same industry. So she kind of gets the struggles that I'm facing. So being able to have that support network is something that's important to overcome that fear. And just, just knowing that your, your desire has to be greater than the fear. Yeah. Um, and if your desire is greater than the fear, the fear ends up being in the revision mirror and you, mm-hmm. you just keep pushing towards what that goal is. I mean, everything is scary these days. Yep. It doesn't matter yeah. what you do, whether it's getting in a car or getting on a plane, but the yeah. outcome of your destination is worth that fear and and you eventually get to you get to enjoy the journey you get to enjoy the struggle a little bit along the way because you can look back and say this is where I've come from this is what my journey's been look at what I was and look at what I am now and that can be enough to just spur you on to get to the next sort of you know the next benchmark in, in your career so it's just finding out how you can use that fear to propel you forward instead of use that fear to work against you. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you, you've got to, got to starve it and just take action. And yeah. uh, you talked about the desire being greater and thinking about where you've come from and where you want to go. I like to think about my future self and like, what would he want me to do? Right. And, and talk yeah. to yourself 10 or 20 years from now and your, your future, you might know that your future self has a strong opinion. Like, no, I want you to go for this. I want you to take a chance because I'll regret mm. it if you don't. Right. Yeah. Cause if you do nothing, you. nothing happens. Right. Right. But yeah. if you do something, something's going to happen, whether that's good or whether that's bad, something's going to happen. Um, yeah. And you know, worst case scenario, you can walk away with an experience that you can apply to whatever it is that you're going back to. It's all about right. learning and not being scared and not being afraid to learn and not being afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you live in a little cocoon your whole life and you don't take any risks, you're not going to get anywhere, yeah. you know, and, and you're not going to be in control of what you're doing either. Right. Um, you know, it's, it, it's understanding and, and something that I sort of understood, which helped me overcome that was understanding the fact that I'm the CEO of my own life and I need to make the decisions that are going to put me in the best outcome to achieve what I want to achieve, not dissimilarly to the CEO of, you know, of a a big business making decisions that are going to affect 
the outcomes of the business and the outcomes of the employees, the decisions that I'm making as CEO of my own life and my own career are going to have an impact on my life. Yeah. So they need to be calculated, deliberate, right decisions that aren't based on emotion and fear being one of those emotions that you can't really take into account when you're making these decisions. So true. So true. Uh, and it's, it's admirable what you've done with your career and the changes you've made. And, and hopefully this will inspire someone or some ones who are listening to uh, take the leap and make that change that you've been wanting to make in your career do that scary thing, whether it's talk to your boss about the promotion or, you know, possibly change mm. careers, get out of the industry you're in. Uh, so many people that want to do so many things and uh, life is short. So I hope this serves as inspiration. Uh, Brad, for anybody listening who maybe wants to get in touch with you and talk to you more about your story or get more of that motivation, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So they can get me on LinkedIn. It's just Brad Stewart on uh, on LinkedIn, or they can uh, visit my website at bstewart.com.au. bstewart.com.au. Got it. Well, Brad, thank you so much for reaching out, uh, for coming on to share your story. It's, uh, it's inspiring. I hope it's been helpful for others listening and I uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks very much, Andy. Appreciate the time to, to chat with you. Thank you. All right. Take care.